Would you turn with me, please, to Joshua, the 13th chapter? Let me share with you a couple of things that is happening now in the book of Joshua that you're probably aware of. At least I hope you are. I hope you're reading ahead and kind of trying to figure out what we'll talk about and where we're going. If you'll note, um, from the 13th chapter to the 21st chapter is all about dividing the land. They move into the promised land. They have the land. As we saw in the 11th chapter, I think it's the 23rd verse, it's the last verse. It says that they've, they've taken control of the land, basically, and they are now resting from their war. But as we get into the 13th chapter, what we see is God says to Joshua, even though Joshua was old in age, he was in his 90s at least, perhaps more. We know uh, from Joshua, as we're going to see, I think in the 20th one of those chapters, he dies at 110. And so, he is now an older gentleman. He has done what God has asked him to do. He's moved the people into the promised land, and now he is dividing up the land. And so, as we look through the rest of the chapters, we think, at least I think, what can we preach on? It's just a division of the land from one tribe to another. And so what we're going to try to do in the next chapters as we go through this division of the land, we're going to try to find those nuggets, those little places in the Word of God that just seems to jump out at us and has a statement for us as a people today. Or remind yourself this, the, the, the real commentary on Joshua is Ephesians. As a matter of fact, if you would... Find Ephesians 1. Hold Ephesians 1 and Joshua 13. Kind of mark both places because we're going to compare the two today. What we are going to look at today is what God says to Joshua as we looked at it last week. He said, Joshua, you're very old. And yet he says to Joshua in the, uh, in the first verse of chapter 13, there is very much of the land that remains to be possessed. What we said last week is, I think, a truism. It seems to be that God is saying to Joshua, your work is not over with yet, Joshua. At least not until I say it's over with. And I believe with all of my heart, like Joshua, that, that statement is true to you and me today. You see, our age is not a, a place where we can say, I, I've done enough. Let the younger people do it now. Our age does not stop us from still serving the Lord, still going to battle for Him. And our accomplishments. Joshua got all the land, but the Lord says there's still much more of the land to be possessed. And in your life and in my life, our accomplishments and or our failures does not stop us from still doing battle trying to receive all the spiritual blessings that are, are to come our way. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, we are told that you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. In the book of Ephesians, we learn that we are to put on the full armor of God. We are to do battle against these spiritual forces. And so in the day of Joshua, when we read through Joshua, we see that Joshua is doing physical battle with a physical enemy so as to overtake the land. And as I told you last week, what the land is to Israel, 
Jesus Christ is to the believer today. And so they were to take the land and possess it. We are to take all that Jesus Christ offers to us today and to possess it. And all the spiritual blessings are still ours. So our age does not stop us from doing what God has called us to do. Our accomplishments and or our failures are not the judge of whether we have finished the course or not or have disqualified ourselves or not. No, God is the judge. He has given you and me uh, an edict, if you would, just as he did to Joshua. And that is, get up. The land has needed still to be possessed. And so the Lord is saying to you and me, get up. There are many more spiritual blessings that I have for you. And so, what we see in the spiritual sense, there are blessings for us to gain. As, as I just read in Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so God is not through with you or me. We learn this from Joshua And we are not through, we are not finished, we are not through with the course that God has given us until He calls us home or says, enough, you've done enough. So in the chapters ahead, what we are going to look for are these nuggets, these little places that we can find that God wants to move within our hearts as He is now dividing the land. And over 50 times, over 50 times, from chapter 13 to chapter 21, we see that God says, or Joshua tells the people, on behalf of God, that this is your inheritance. Now that's the key. What we see is that God determines for each tribe and each family the precise area of land which they would possess. Why do I note that? Why, why would that be important? Well, I think it's extremely important. Because I want to take a moment to speak to those of us who might feel dissatisfied or discontented with their lot in life. What God has given to us, our inheritance possibly thinking that God gave us the short end of the stick. How would you like to stand before people all the time with a bald head and a big nose? (laughs) I mean, couldn't he have just given me hair or a smaller nose? I don't care, one or the other. Not true. I'm okay. But the point is, is that some people see and look at themselves or look at their situations and they think, I've gotten the short end of the stick here. I've gotten the short end of the stick. And some of you, for instance, uh, feel extra lonely. Some of you have unfulfilled dreams. Ill health has held you back. Some of you have become discontented or disillusioned in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you have an unhappy marriage. Maybe you have unruly kids, unfulfilled future, loss of job, especially in the times that we're living today. And if we're not careful, we, we have a loss of hope. 
and we devalue ourselves. And if discontentment is happening within your life, I believe that God, through Joshua chapter 13, one single verse, wants to say something to each and every single one of us. I believe that God wants you and me to know some deep truths about His Word, especially before resentment towards Him overtakes any of us concerning our inheritance, our lot in life. And soon we become bitter, if we're not careful, bitter towards others, And God forbid, bitter towards our God over our lot in life, our inheritance. The land that we received is rocky. It's not as as productive as the other person that I note here in this church. They have a better lot of land than me. And it all stems... From one verse in chapter 13, it all stems from what Joshua, through God, told the tribe of Levi in the 33rd verse. You see, we need to be reminded of what Joshua said to them concerning their portion of the inheritance. Look at verse 33. It is a magnificent verse. Let me tell you why. I was going to save it for a little bit later. Let me tell you why right now. It is because you and I are a part of the tribe of Levi, so to speak. Our inheritance is not this earth. Our inheritance is not those things that we might accumulate here or not accumulate here. Our inheritance is in Jesus Christ. Now, with that in mind, look what... Joshua, through God, says to the tribe of Levi. By the way, let me, before we read that, let me just share with you. Tribe of Levi, along with the, with the brothers of Simeon, at one time committed murder. Reason being is their sister got, um, how do we say it, uh, um, in a, you know, in mixed crowd, in young people, they got taken advantage of by... Um, uh, some foreigners, they became so angry at that that they did something to their sister. And so they deceived the people that uh, did this to their sister and they told them they needed to be circumcised to show them that they would be a part of the family since they did that to their sister. And when they circumcised themselves, they went in to the village and they killed every single man. A curse was placed upon the tribe of Levi, or Levi and, and his brother for doing that. Later on, when, when they had the golden calf, and was it Moses comes back down. Oh, goodness. I shouldn't have tried to remember all this. My inheritance, my memory, boy. <laughs> Anyways, when it came down... He said, is there any of the people that, that despise what they did and, and will repent of it? And, the, and Levi came forward and he said, we do. And God had blessed them over that. And the blessing that God gave them is this. Listen to what Joshua, through God, says to the people of Levi. 
It says in verse 33 of chapter 13, But to the tribe of Levi, note, Moses did not give an inheritance. Why? It says, Because the Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance. Just as he has promised to to them. In the book of Deuteronomy, he made a vow that the tribe of Levi would be with him, worshiping him, caring for the Ark of the Covenant. They would be the spiritual people, the priests, if you would, of Israel. What you and I need to understand is that the Lord, the God Almighty, is your and my inheritance. He is our portion in life. And what has been given to you and what has been given to me is not a mistake. It is not God's second best, what you and I have. It is exactly what He desires for us to have. And so what you have been given has been given to you by God Almighty who loves you very, very deeply, regardless of what your circumstances might tell you. Let's look at this verse and then let's pray and then let's talk about your inheritance as a believer in Jesus Christ and how it compares to the inheritance of the tribe of Levi. It says in verse 30, but 33, but to the tribe of Levi, Moses did not give an inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance as he had promised to them. Father, when we look at our lives as believers, there's much that we can compare and see that is written within the Old Testament that would guide us here in our lives today. Our inheritance is told clearly is none other than your Son, Jesus Christ. We have obtained an inheritance that is rich and full because of what your Son did upon the cross, going to his death, dear Father, And then, praise be to you who rose from the dead never to die again. And that we, as believers in your Son, have obtained an inheritance that is fulfilling all the days of our lives until eternity. It goes on and on and on. And so may we gather a perspective of that rather than what we do not have, let us, let us relish in the fact of what we do have. Would you please bless this time we have together. Father, forgive me that I made some mistakes and tried to explain that, uh, the tribe of Levi um, in that story. Uh, for, forgive me, Father. Help me to study more, to remember more, so that I can be more the man of God that you've called me to be. Let me not make those types of mistakes. But then again, Father, I I thank you that none of us is perfect. None of us, Father God, has everything. Every one of us needs to depend upon you. And so move me aside with that in mind so that we might really take a good, good, hard look at who you are and, and see ourselves in perspective towards you, rather ourselves in perspective towards a speaker. And so, Father, open up our eyes our hearts, our thoughts, our concentration, 
so that we might behold wonderful things that come from your word. Teach us, dear Father. Comfort us. Convict us if needed. Move us, dear Father, so that we might become conformed more and more and more into the wonderful, most glorious image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we have this church. It's in his name that we come to you and ask these things. And so, Father, we thank you. Thank you that we can come to you boldly. Thank you that we can come to you confidently. We thank you, Father, for who you are. We absolutely adore you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. What you and I have is an inheritance that is special, but none of us have the same inheritance insofar as what we have is a lot in life. I mean, some of you have been sick for quite some time, and it's difficult. Others uh, have problems that maybe we don't know of, and you go through this strain of life day by day, moment by moment, what I want to try to say to those who are going through any difficulties now at all, that there is an inheritance that you have that goes beyond anything that you could ever dream or hope for. You see, in the tribe of Levi, they did not always have everything perfect for themselves. There were, all, there were bumpy roads for them as well. But the one thing that they did have was the right to have the inheritance of God upon them. They were God's spokespersons, if you would, there on earth. And so you and I are the same today. Now, if there's any doubt about, about this, let me prove this text to you by going to the proof text of the book of Joshua by looking with you at Ephesians. I ask you to hold your place in Joshua, but also to find Ephesians chapter 1. Please turn with me there. We're going to go between these two places for the rest of this service. I want to read this commentary on our inheritance. It's the whole first chapter, basically. Let's read through it and talk through it a little bit. Paul is writing, and he has made a promise to us from God. Those of us who have placed our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there is a promise that has been given to you and to me if we have come to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Paul says, I am an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. And he is saying, I am writing basically to the saints who are at Ephesus and who are faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 2 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says what we have been saying over and over again. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed you and me, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, he says in verse 5, he predestined us as adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. 
to the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed upon you and me in the Beloved. Long ago, God Almighty chose you and me. Long before we were even born, God chose you and me, and He has placed His love, His grace, and all of His wonders upon us as as people. He asks you and me if you look back at verse 4 that we should be holy and we should be blameless. Holy means set apart. Blameless means deal with any and all of our sin the moment we recognize that we have sinned. Set apart, holy, blameless, without sin. Jesus Christ allowed you and me that privilege. We can be set apart. We can be blameless by the cross, by the going to the cross, by asking our Father through His Son to forgive us all our sin, whatever it might be. Asking Him to make us holy. Asking Him to make us blameless. Verse 7, In Him we have redemption through His blood. We have the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace. Note verse 8, which He has lavished, lavished, made abundant towards us. Lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He has made known to you and me the mystery of His will according to His kind intention which He purposed in Him. You and I know the mysteries of God's will. How do we know? By studying the Word of God. Not by osmosis. The reason and the way you and I know the mysteries of God's will is by studying His Word. That's why this is so important for you and me. To come here on a Sunday morning and to take a look at our Bibles and to find out what is it saying to me so that I might know more about my Father who is in heaven. And so he has made, verse 9, known to us the mysteries of his will. And that's by studying his word, we'll find out what those mysteries are. Little by little, bit by bit. Verse 10, in view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. That is, the summing up of all things in Christ. Things in the heavens, things upon the earth. In him, now watch, verse 11, read all of that to get to this. In him in our savior jesus christ also you and i have obtained an inheritance we have this inheritance folks we have been predestined according to his purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will to the end that we who were the first to hope in christ should be able to praise to the praise of his glory in him verse 13 after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of salvation, having also believed, we were sealed in Him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's our inheritance, folks, who, verse 14, is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of His glory. For this reason, 
Paul writes, I too, having heard of the faith of the Lord Jesus, which exists among you and your love for all the saints, do not cease giving thanks for you while make mentioning of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. And then again, Paul says these words. Verse 18, key, I pray. He says, I pray that your eyes, the eyes of your heart, may be enlightened so that you might know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. In other words, what his inheritance is for you. He says, I pray with all of my heart that your eyes, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. That you might know what it is that is your inheritance, that he has called for you. You see, in verse 11, you and I have obtained an inheritance, just like the tribe of Levi. Our inheritance is Jesus Christ. The tribe of Levi, their inheritance was that God was going to be their inheritance, not the land. They were to serve and to worship their God. You and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, are to serve and worship our God And in verse 18, Paul says, I pray, I pray with all of my heart. He says, I want your eyes, the eyes of your heart to be enlightened so that you might know what is the hope of his calling, his calling upon you. What are the riches of his glory? What is the inheritance that you have? Let me give you a practical example. uh, This came upon me this week as I was studying and I I called and asked, actually asked the couple if it was okay for me to use this example. I won't tell you who it is. It's not really critical who we know who it is. It's just critical what is, what is said. Listen. One of the church members, actually, I love the, the two of them so very much. I had a, a, a chance to be a part of their marriage and, and all. And, and they gave me permission to say this. Uh, the, the man came to me and said, uh, look, I, I want to tell you something, what I said to my wife just before I asked her to marry me. Well, I said, what? I'd love to know what that is. And he said he went to her and he said, it is my destiny to make you happy. Will you marry me? To which she responded to him, yes, I will marry you. But she says, no man can make me happy. She responded, only the Lord can do that. What did she mean by that? Well, I believe I know exactly what she meant. In essence, she was saying her inheritance isn't in a person. Her blessings, her contentment, her joy is in her Lord and her Savior and her God, Jesus Christ. And her inheritance only comes through her walk with Jesus Christ, not her circumstances, not even a person whom she loves deeply. Only God can make you and me happy. And that is basically what I want to say to us this morning. For those of you who feel you've gotten the short end of the stick... Why is it that person has so much and it seems to you or to me that we have so little? 
we need to take a good look at what we really do have. Our inheritance is in none other than Jesus Christ. You see, to the Levites, in Joshua chapter 13, verse 33, great honor was allotted to them. They were called to a life of worship. They were called to worship the God of Israel. He and He alone, not the land, was their inheritance. He was their portion. They possessed Him and He possessed them. All the other people got the land, they didn't. Their inheritance was in God. And don't you know, there were times when they probably thought, man, this is the short end of this stick. I don't have anything here on this earth. And I'm certain sometimes some of them felt very alone. But to the tribe of Levi, all of God's resources, all of God's power, all of God's blessings was theirs. And as it was given to them, then they were to pass those blessings along to others. Just as you and I are. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 18, 19, and 20, it says that, that, that all authority, Jesus Christ, has been given to him. And he says, now I want you to go. And he says, I want you to go into all the nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he says, I want you to teach them all things. And I will be with you, he says, to those of us believers that call upon our life. I will be with you, he says, until the ends of this earth, of this age. All the resources, all the power, all the blessings are ours, given to us by God so that we can pass along to the next person the blessings that we have. The Levites were called to be God's hands. They were called to be His heart, His joy, His comfort to others. And the same thing is to us. They brought folks to God and He to them. Theirs was a life of worship. That was their inheritance. And that was only found in their God. And their blessings were given by Him to them. Sound familiar? You see, He is our inheritance too. Our blessings come from Him. And we are to do battle so that we might seek and find these spiritual blessings moment by moment, day by day in our lives, and never stop receiving all the spiritual blessings that have been given to you and me. We can't allow our circumstances to hold us back from being the person that God has created us to be. Therefore, there really shouldn't be frustration within a call upon a life, that, whatever that call might be, whether it be the terrible bite of loneliness, the heartache of dissatisfaction, any disillusionment that, that comes our way. Our joy needs to be found in who Christ is in our lives. That's why my, one of my best friends, every time I call him, he, he says to me, has anyone stole your joy? No. No, but I lost my job, you know, or whatever. No, don't let anybody steal your joy. I've been sick for a while, I know, but don't let anybody steal your joy. Hold on to your inheritance. The inheritance that has been given to you as a believer in Jesus Christ as a privilege. Now, to those of us here that are fortunate, more fortunate, say, 
as far as the world is concerned, because God seems to have blessed us with a happy home, with godly children, with good health, fulfilling jobs, so to speak, enough of the world goods that that will keep us from poverty. For those of us who have received those things, I warned you as I do my own self, just as I warned those who seem to have less, do not allow those blessings that you have mar His inheritance in your life. I tell you the truth, the people, as long as I've been in ministry, especially when I was with athletes, see it more in athletes, it was such a... It was such a rich ministry insofar as uh, it, was, it was so real. The locker room was not a church. It was real. It was, it was right, right down where, as Dr. McGee might say, the rubber really hits the road. And in that ministry, the many years that I did that, I always noted something. I noted that it wasn't the guys who was going through trouble, who were going through a slump or was hanging on to the team just by their fingernails. And boy, did I know that feeling. When every day you went to the ballpark, you took a look at your locker to see if it wasn't packed, that you were going now to the minor leagues. You're just clinging to it. Boy, when we had chapel, those guys were always there. Always ready to pray. And then all of a sudden, they do really well, and, and they're holding on now more, and all of a sudden, they get this big contract, and, and they get a long-term contract, five years, they're on the club. They ain't going nowhere. And all of a sudden, I find they weren't at chapel as often. They would miss. Those were the guys I was more concerned about than the ones that were holding on by their fingernails. I would go to those guys and say, you know, what's happened to you? You needed more to pray now than ever before. I'm not gonna, I didn't ask for permission to say this, but I've, I did before, a long time before. I haven't seen this guy in a long time, but... Oral Hershiser, when he was going really, at first he went poorly, and then all of a sudden he became just this magnificent pitcher for the Dodgers. And, and, and every time he did well, and I mean, he, he won Cy Young, he won Most Valuable Player, he won every award you could win as a pitcher in the National League. And he would always, and I would remind him, give God the glory. Give God the glory. He was quick to do that. And then one year he hurt his arm real badly. And he called me up and he says, I'm going to have a press conference. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pitch anymore. And he says, I want you to come and be a part of it with me. I said, why? He said, because I don't know what to say. I said, oh, you know exactly what to say. He said, what? I said, give God the glory. Give God the glory in the good times as well as the bad because he is with you just as much today as when he was when you were going good. And I say the same thing to you and I say the same thing to myself. When we go through times where it looks like, especially in the economy today, I know of some people that told me they have lost a third, maybe some who have lost half of their wealth because of what has just happened. One of my buddies called me who was retired, been retired, and he said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm losing everything. To those of us who are more fortunate, I warn you, do not allow your good fortunes to steal away the very essence who Christ is in your life. And to those of you who seem to have less right now, sickness, illness, 
home falling apart somewhat. You need to remind yourself, these earthly things are not what makes you tick. What makes you and me tick is our inheritance that we have in Him. That is going to be our home. This is not. We are just passing through. And one day, we'll look back and we'll say, man, it went so fast. But I know, while you're going through it, it seems like it's forever. Don't let anything or anyone steal your joy of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. Never forget, it is God who is your inheritance. And it is God who is waiting to hear from you and me, perhaps today, to let Him know that we are content with just that, just His inheritance within our lives that has been given to us by Him You can tell them all you want about how upset you are that you have it. I think you ought to be real. If you feel it inside of you and yet you go to them and say, I'm all right, it's okay, you know. He knows what's here. Tell them, you know very well, it's not all right with me. But then again, be like Christ. Remember the cross? Oh, Father, if it's okay with you, let this cup pass away from me, but what? But not my will but yours be done. That should be, our inher- that should be our attitude because our inheritance is eternal. To, this, to, to the discontented, to the lonely heart who feeling you have no inheritance in this world, God says to you, as He said to the Levites, your inheritance is in me, not the land. It's in me. I am. I'm fully aware of what you're going through. I am your inheritance. Find your joy, people, in who Christ is, not who you are. Sooner or later, you and I come to that place in our lives, better off we're going to be. That's why I tell you over and over again, this church hasn't gotten necessarily a senior pastor This church just happens to have a bunch of people who gather together and one person has has been given the, 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 the privilege of speaking. But that person, whoever that is, could be another person tomorrow. In the meantime, we're all in this together. We have all been given by God what He desires for us to have. Be content. Find your inheritance in Him. Last week I took five minutes from you. I gave five minutes back this week. <clears throat> Let me just share with you how much I love you. I know I say that too much. And I, and I think maybe it becomes watered down. Although my kids tell me I can never tell them enough. So I, I, um, I really do love you. I really do thank you for letting me be a part of this church. By the way, for those of you who have been praying for us to really do well. Saturday nights are starting to get bigger. More people are coming for whatever reason, I don't know. But it's really kind of exciting to see that grow a little bit and see these services grow a little bit. Keep praying for us that God will bring whomever He desires here to hear His Word so that we will have an opportunity to impact a life for the cause of Jesus Christ.
Father, thank you for, for the privilege of, of, of you being our inheritance. For you giving us all the spiritual blessings that we need. Let us be like Joshua. Let us not sit back and rest, but let us battle, Father. Put on the full armor of God so that we might not let the evil one overtake us. So that he might not disillusion us or discourage us or move us away from the very essence of who we are in you. As my friend says to me, I say to all of us here today, don't let anyone steal your joy. Hold on tight to the inheritance that you have in Christ Jesus and let not your circumstances fool you into thinking that you have less. In Christ, all the fullness of deity flows. In Christ, we have that as a part of our lives. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for your Son. Thank you that we can know him. Help us to walk with him as, as holy and as blameless as we can. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I love you all. Have a great, great day. Isn't this great weather when it gets overcast? I love it. Have a great day. I do love you very much. I'll see you later.